electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, stocks under pressure again today. And there's one winning sector the chartmaster is sounding the alarm on. He will be here to break it down. Plus, it is a story all of Wall Street is talking about. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos fighting back and accusing the National Enquirer of blackmail. But is he putting Amazon shareholders in the crosshairs? We start, though, with stocks staging their longest losing streak of the year, the Dow falling for the third day in a row, but closing well off session highs, managing to eke out gains for the week. But take a look at a potential canary in the gold mine. Get it? Got it. Gold is surging even as stocks climb back from their December lows. Worries over global growth have sent investors digging for safety. So is a yellow metal flashing a red light for the market? Just how worried should you be? What, what, is, what are we listening to? Kanye, what is exactly. Kanye, we what call is Kanye, Kanye doing? I hope when not. they bring the bell, it means yes. And I actually learned recently that Ye is a huge Fast Money fan. So, <laughs> I pre- no, I appreciate you <laughs> watching. Sorry, I hope we, no, it's, oh, okay. it's 100% true. Right. The whole Kardashian West family I'm watches sure. it. Especially when we talk and about And I will tell you, now, Tim is going to come back and be hard. So I'm just letting you know that now. But I am here to tell you, and BK will agree, a couple weeks ago we talked about that. Look in the move in GDX since basically, I don't know, early September. It's gone from 17.5 to 23. Biggest move we've seen in that index in quite some time, bumping against levels we saw in July. And I'll give you a little anecdotal story. Not that I like to do this, but I will. Recently, you see what's going on with Venezuela. Well, guess what Venezuela did, BK? They asked uh, they for their gold, gold back. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, Bank of, they got on the blower and said, hey, Bank of England, we want $1.2 billion worth of our gold back. You know what they said? No, doesn't work that way. I am telling you now that central banks are buying gold in, in ways they haven't done it in decades. Gold, in my opinion, going higher. Well, we know that Russia's buying gold. We've seen that just in the, in the stats out there. But the other thing with gold, I'm not 100% sure that it's a warning sign, but think about, about the probable outcomes we have here for the economy. We have some kind of a China trade deal, and the global economy turns around. What happens then? The U.S. is at full employment. The potential for higher inflation is there. What happens if none of that happens and Europe continues to crater, China continues to crater, and the U.S. economy catches a cold? Well, then the Federal Reserve, even today, said, hey, maybe we're thinking about doing some quantitative easing again when it's not even an emergency. So I think that's what gold is telling you. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to have runaway inflation, but it does mean that some, a lot of players in the marketplace are predicting inflation, especially when the dollar isn't down. That's the interesting thing. Gold's up 12% since August when the Fed kind of floated this inflation targeting thing, and the dollar is flat. So this is a pure demand for gold story. So I I don't think that that the moving gold is a sign of inflation. In fact, if anything, I think it'd be very hard to argue right now that we don't have a ton of deflation. I mean, look at yields around the world. Look at the credit bubble that uh, effectively burst, and we haven't taken that cancer out, and it's, it's, it's... still wiping us out. So um, what gold is doing is it is possibly a store of value at a time when people are looking for other things and diversification. We know the market has been looking for that. I would just say be very careful on gold at 1350 or at 23 bucks on the GDX because 
Gold's been a widowmaker right here. Look at 2016. A lot of heroes in the gold space, until they weren't, they got destroyed right at these levels. And gold has done basically nothing in the last two and a half years, if you ask me. In yeah, but a, just, the most just because it hasn't done anything doesn't had. mean that this, kind, this isn't the time that it starts doing something. The other part is you might not even believe it's a store of value, right? There hasn't been a lot of investment in gold mines. So you have a potentially, not a shortage, but certainly you don't have that investment that you used to have. So there might not be as much suppliers there used to be. So there are multiple reasons here for, for this gold rally. So I, I think Mel started out the conversation, is it a canary in the gold mine nice. for the broader market? Thanks for for exactly. What does it mean Well, for the I just markets. think you guys kind of went off the rails a little bit. The Kane West Thanks, thing man. was kind of weird. I don't even know what you were doing. Um, but I'll just say this. The most, the <laughs> smartest thing I heard in that whole little segment was your, your talk about deflation. And I look at the 10-year oh, treasury. Yeah, you did. And I look at the 10-year treasury yield at 2.63%, down from three and a quarter, what, just a few months ago. And I say to myself, that is not good for risk assets globally. I just don't see it that way. And, I and know what do you think? The central banks are going to do. Listen, I don't know. If the I next, do. If, if they if they didn't about so face, gonna print, BK, gonna if they didn't about face, if our Fed didn't about face, okay, from tightening gone. to the potential, the credibility is gone. And at this late it's stage in gone. the cycle, I, I just think that the next move could be to an ease. And I just yeah. don't think that's going to be good for risk assets. I think so the next I don't move, think that's going to be well, good. Well, I mean, it depends market. on how much inflation the there is, right? right? If right. there is a sustained the amount of inflation out there, let's call it two to three percent, or even that the Fed targets four percent, they've said they want to actually have a little higher inflation. Because they would tolerate the last that. Time we've had 3% inflation. It hasn't happened in decades. Exactly. So it's not going to happen. Really? It it's not going to happen. When they took rates to zero, when the heck is it going to happen? Why wouldn't it happen now? We have we didn't have full employment at that point in time. We had to go from 10 to 11% employment down to here. All right, listen. I mean, gold guys are just, okay. I don't get it. It's one risk asset, and it's tiny, and it's really not telling us anything about anything. The fact that Of course it's, it's telling us. It doesn't have to tell us anything about the stock market, but it can certainly tell us whether or not there's a an, ball. And buy, what do, we, what do you say? Have a 2% gold allocation in your portfolio. Fantastic. Why not have more? Could it Why be, does it have to be 2%? Could it anger be maybe on a Friday. Seriously, go back I know, to the semis. So well, I like you guys. I mean, could it be as simple as we're seeing a bit for gold because people want to diversify away from risk assets because they're concerned about what's going on with global growth and the and the markets at this point. I mean, does yes, it have so, to telegraph something about inflation or, or deflation on the 10-year? I mean, does that have to be present in this gold rally? I, I would just point to the last time we had gold make this kind of a move, and it was in the first and second quarters of 2016 when we were going through the same kind of question about global growth. So that that is why gold is rallying. Gold is rallying because, first of all, the dollar is, is, is in a holding pattern. Rates are falling, um, and that's an environment where people do want to hold on to a store of value, I repeat, because if gold is anything, I do believe it's that. And, and whether that's something to invest in, I think, Dan, that's your criticism is why even bother with it. But that's a different, that's an allocation question. Why is gold rallying? We are questioning global growth. That was front and center this week. Yes, and I also think it's a, it's a central bank credibility thing. You know, again, when the U.S. now about faces in the course of a six-week period when the stock market went down 10 to 15 percent, I think that's telling people, wait a second, central banks going to get accommodative again. Maybe it is time to be there. Maybe the currencies globally are going to continue to get torched. Maybe there is a rush to zero in terms of sovereign nation currencies, and maybe gold is the place to be. I will tell you, and BK can back this up, central banks without question are buying gold, and there's clearly something going on, because it's rallying at a point in time where historically it really shouldn't. I would just say don't ignore what's going on in the gold market. Whether you want to have a 2% allocation or a much higher allocation, there's no hard and fast rule how much of this you have to buy, but gold is going up at this point in time, so you have to know about it.
And so is silver. And to be clear, also in the worst of the markets drawdown, copper also actually really held its ground, which is, you know, Dr. Copper is in some cases supposed to be a, a sign of the economy. But Brian also talked about the lack of investment in mining and mining businesses over the last 10 years. And copper is probably the one place where I think you have supply to demand possible. When did the rally in gold start? August 15th. August, right? Well, yes. Yeah. That's exactly. BK. And right? you know, and yeah. you know what, happened? what happened that day? Uh, what happened that day is the Federal Reserve was about to have the Jackson Hole meeting, and Jerome Powell delivered a speech about inflation targeting and potentially tolerating inflation above 2%. And in June, they're going to have another report on that. They're doing a study on it now. They announced it in November when gold rallied again. I, I just think it's Friday. So let's recap what are the most important themes. And I think we're hitting Friday, it, which yeah. is that central yeah. banks this week around the world, that includes Fed's Kaplan basically speaking for the Fed as far as I'm concerned and saying we'll take a lot more heat on inflation. Yeah, the Reserve Bank of Australia go 180 degrees and go from a, a hiking mode to a cut uh, and essentially all on China. You have the ECB questioning exactly what they're going to do. And you had rates that went extremely negative around the world, especially in Japan. And, and that's the story of the week. Nice tie. Tim tying wow. it up. Yeah. Button nice button. Yeah. Button nice button. Button. Nice button. Yeah. Despite being the best performing sector year to date, the chart master says the industrials are heading for a breakdown. Carter Worth is standing by at the plaza with more. Carter, what are you looking at? I'm kind of looking at what you just said, meaning they've maybe come a little too far too fast. Best performer. Um, it's a simply a cyclical trade, a beta trade. And it has performed in line with its attributes, but I think, uh, you know, take profits, do something. Put it in perspective, uh, the various ETFs, there's industrials on top, energy, tech, of course, market down here at 17, even if I put in the IWM, small caps, they're in here around 20. Uh, it's just uh, too much of a V from my point of view, but uh, let's look at some charts. So there is the ricochet. It is a virtually symmetrical after the plunge, right, this uh, meaningful give back, and we are back to the scene of the crime. That is what overhead supply is defined as, right? And so uh, I'm going to bet that this is going to not only falter here, uh, but possibly falter in a decent kind of way and pay on an absolute basis. But then look at relative, and this is the real important part. So throughout all of this, in fact, when you were making a high and then attempting to make a new high, of course, relative performance poor. And not randomly, it has failed at this relative performance downtrend line over and over, and we're right here again. And I think we're going to fail yet again. Put this in a little bit of longer-term perspective. This is that period of relative underperformance, but this is over the entire bull market. So you embrace cyclicality, you embrace risk and beta, and the relative performance, basically, all you got was a market performer unless you caught initial move off of the low in 09, which is the nature of something cyclical. And so for market performance with higher beta, that's called underperformance. And what we really have here, of course, is a series of well-defined tops. I'll put in the lines. It's not inspiring. And I think uh, if you've got great profits, you should do something about it. Trim. Sell. All right, Carter, come on over. Shelby will bring the chair in. Thank you, Shelby. Is Carter going to put on the oh, options action? He will be, of course. He's a he's a uh, core <laughs> cast member of the options action crew. He gave him some gummies. Keep him through. We were having a discussion about gold and what you're saying I love in gold. terms of the, you love it. Yeah. See. Okay. So so <laughs> let me let me ask you this because. That's right, Carter. <laughs> Easy, guys. Take, I know. Uh, whoa. Get a room. What you're saying about industrials and the direction of industrials corresponds with this narrative that gold is signaling some sort of trouble ahead or economic slowdown, et cetera. So when you take a look at the charts, is there any sort of a correlation I mean, look, correlations between are, the narratives? are sometimes very sort of accurate and identifying. Sometimes it's spurious. But I think we do know this, that the biggest story in the market right now is that 
Ten-year Swiss paper went negative in November. Japanese 10-year paper went negative in January. German paper is flirting with the same thing. And 10-year uh, uh, government money in the United States is going the wrong way. This is not a positive thing. It was originally sometimes thought as an elixir for the market. Now it's not. Now it's something that's bad for the market, I would think, equities. So I think gold plays into that. Carter, back to the, um, the industrials, the XLI. Really interesting chart. Like you showed the symmetrical V reversal right. here. You know, the top two components of that um, have made new highs for all intents and purposes. Boeing is just blown out. And, and then you have, uh, but, but right below that, below the, the top weighted things, there's stocks that act really badly, like Honeywell, like Triple M, that sort of thing. UTX, so do you want to pick on the losers or do you just want to go for the ETF in total? Well, so let's take the two, uh, let's take Cat and Boeing. Boeing has really broken out in a big way. And to some extent, if there's something called latent potential, well-defined tops in a range, once you break out, you've exploited some of the potential, if not all of the potential. So Boeing's not in a position to help the industrial sector. It's actually in a position to maybe fall back. The others have ricocheted. Oh, I'm going to get a big one. I'm going to go back with the red. Um, so the, the reality is, is that, th that there's not a particularly individual stock that's in a very good position. There are ones that are struggling, as, or there's ones that have already had a lot of potential exploited. Carter, I'm curious, when you look at the chart, is there a way to say that this is simply kind of the pause that refreshes, a simple retracement of what we've seen, or are we going to go to new lows? Well, that's right. So then the first thing is, is if it's so symmetrical, it was the sell-off the primary event? Or is the ricochet the primary event? Well, definitionally, the sequence is the sell-off the primary event, the ricochet is the secondary event. So now the question is, do we test the lows? Not only industrials, but the market in general. Uh, Million-dollar question. I think there's every chance that we do. All right. Thank you, Carter. We'll see Thanks. you on Options Thanks. Action. I hope somebody makes a meme out of when Tim pokes the lemon-lime <laughs> snake into Carter's uh -huh. pick. Mm -hmm. Because that was—he he showed amazing exactly. restraint, by the way. I, I know. Good we have, yeah. it's, it's a I mean, meme nice thing. Is you call them memes, right? Yeah, memes. but it's that different than the GIF. It's different. GIF? I don't Isn't know. GIF a peanut butter? You get what I. You get sort what of. I'm I don't know. I mean, I'm anyway. not really as cool as you are. So Boeing went from 300 to 400 in a month. That's a pretty significant move for a company of that magnitude. I actually think it's probably going to stall here. But Caterpillar is the one. Dan sort of mentioned that. You know, it bottomed out at 118 or so around Christmas Eve. Got up to 138, and on a decent tape, it's right back down to 127 and a half. That's telling you something, in my humble opinion. Coming up, more Carter Worth. The chart master says there's one sleeper Dowstock that's heading for a big breakout next week. He will explain. Plus, it was a CEO op-ed heard all around Wall Street. But did Jeff Bezos just do more harm than good for Amazon? We've got the details. And later, a number of big earnings out next week. The traders will tell you which names could shock the street. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome 
Welcome back to Fast Talk about CEO OMG. Amazon's Jeff Bezos shocking all of Wall Street, accusing National Enquirer of blackmail and extortion over pictures of his recent affair. Let's get to Deidre Boson in San Francisco for all the details. Hi, Dee. Melissa, in that bombshell blog post, Bezos says that parent company American Media threatened to publish revealing photos unless he agreed to stop his investigation into their coverage and state that there was no basis it was politically motivated. AMI recently did a deal with the Justice Department over its involvement in hush payments aimed at helping then-candidate Donald Trump. So now new reports say that federal prosecutors are looking into whether the inquirer violated the agreement in its dealings with Bezos. Now, the latest could increase tensions between the president and Bezos. President Trump, of course, has publicly antagonized him, but there's been minimal impact, at least so far. Bezos's net worth has actually jumped by some $60 billion since Trump's election. And Leon Cooperman, an AMI investor that also has the ear of the president, today said that he stands by Amazon and Bezos, who he calls a fabulous CEO and person. Now, another Amazon story that we are watching today, the company's plans for its New York City headquarters. The Washington Post had first reported this morning that Amazon was reconsidering that plan amid local opposition. High-profile critics like U.S. Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have questioned why Amazon needs billions in incentives, while Governor Andrew Cuomo, who fought hard for the project and others, argue that the economic impact would justify things like tax breaks. A few hours later, though, want to note a New York Times piece citing sources says that Amazon has no plans to back out. We did reach out to Amazon and a spokesperson didn't confirm nor deny reports, simply said they're focused on engaging with their new neighbors. Melissa, lots going on with this company. Uh, certainly is. Deidre, thanks for keeping on top of it. Deidre Bosa in San Francisco. So is Jeff Bezos putting Amazon in the crosshairs over the fallout of his affair? Dan, is this a shareholder's matter at um, this point? I, listen, I, it's a shareholder matter because for the last 10 years, we haven't heard a lot of Jeff Bezos. He's just kept their head down. They've been doing what they've doing. They don't really care what investors or Wall Street thinks about what they're doing. Now, all of a sudden, they're all over the place. And I think there's a lot of things that come out of it. There's nowhere that says that, that a CEO of a publicly traded company has to have a certain level of moral authority. So I actually think he gained a lot of stuff back by what he did last night. I had a lot of people hit me and say, Jeff Bezos is my hero standing up in this way. So it's almost actually overshadowing the bad act of, of the cheating and all that other stuff to me in, in a lot of ways. I heard that a lot. Uh, so, I know. I, I've heard it, too. And it yeah. just it sort of amazes me. I mean, we had Jeff Sonnenfeld of Yale on this afternoon <laughs> on Power Lunch, and he was calling Jeff Bezos a victim, which I understand because he was a victim of alleged extortion. But at the same time, he was the one who put himself in the position in the first place and did what who, I don't know if you want to call it immoral or wrong or, you know, terrible judgment uh, acts. Well, if, if you think about the, the dynamic with the Washington Post, which has been going on with Washington for you know, how long? You know, really since since the president was elected. Um, and it hasn't really had an impact on, on Amazon. If anything, look, Amazon's biggest issue to me is the regulatory environment where uh, I know it's difficult to agree with that they're dominating any one sector, that there could be any trust. But there is an argument that Amazon is overstepping and that they're actually uh, not in business to make profit, but to put other people out of business while they essentially assert themselves. And, and I I think that is at least the dynamic which is going on on the regulatory front behind closed doors. That worries me much more than this. I would just say he, Jeff Bezos can add one more thing to his resume. He's great at PR. Whether you like it or not, it was really? a great PR move. 
This was a great PR move. For him. Because we're not talking about blog. We're not talking about his affair. We're talking about the fact that, oh, look at what he did. He he, he came and exposed the uh, AMI for for lack of a better word. That's why we're talking about it, because there are pictures involved. (laughs) If you think about... Look, the, some of the things that have come out about the White House and, and some of this stuff and with other CEOs, I think, you know, the, the, the stock market doesn't care. The stock market doesn't care about this kind of information. And I think it's actually pretty healthy um, until it starts to mean that why this guy would no longer be And I'm in asking charge. this just, you know, why, why did Amazon underperform the Nasdaq 100, underperform the Nasdaq and underperformance Fang Pierce today? I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. But Maybe. I'll say this, and I'm not looking to dance around this. You have to wonder at what point... Let, I think what Mr. Bezos is probably saying is he's been targeted by the administration. So at what point is, is, is there something that comes back in him? Does the Trump administration reignite the right. feud with Amazon, and is that potentially negative? I would submit there's potential for that to happen, yes. Yeah, I'll just say real quickly. I think what investors are focused on right now is the fact that last year sales grew 30% year over year. This year they're expected to grow 19% year over year when operating expenses are going higher. Yep. That's why the stock sold out to earnings. That's why mm-hmm. I think it remains weak. The rest of the stuff is a shite show. It could get get nastier. Um, let's hope it doesn't for their shareholders. For more on Jeff Bezos and what it could mean for Amazon, go to CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on Fast. Ah, oh, yes. And the chart master would like one too. And he'll explain why the stock could be about to pop. Plus, it's not over yet. A number of big stocks gearing up for earnings next week. And there's one stock the traders say could be the big winner. We've got those details when Fast Money returns, right after this break. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. We've got a news alert on Third Point dissolving a couple of its positions. Let's get to Eric Chemi in the newsroom for the details. Hey, Eric. Hey, Melissa. That's right. Dan Loeb's Third Point, according to the latest 13F filing that just came out moments ago, showing at least three big uh, positions being removed from his portfolio. One and a quarter million shares of Netflix, gone. Four million shares of Microsoft, gone. And four million shares of Alibaba. Those are all gone based on the end of December trading. Who knows? He might have bought back in since then, but that is the latest filing from Third Point. Back to you, Okay, Eric, thank you. Eric Chemi in the newsroom. Um, That quarter is an interesting quarter because we had quite a lot of ups and downs captured in that three month 
period. So it all depends on when that happened, and we don't know that. Yeah, and, and 13 Fs are, are useful, um, but they're certainly not well-timed. And, and it's probably more perspective. With Alibaba, I'll talk about that. Look, Alibaba's been one of the best-performing stocks year-to-date. In terms of a V, this has actually been a V+. Plus. This stock's probably outperformed the market. I think that was one of the most popular trades in 2018, and I think there was enormous pressure. They just announced recently those numbers were fantastic. I'm long the name. You know, Microsoft sticks out to me because that's one that's really defensible on valuation. So you're going to say because it's the M and MAGA. Yeah, it is. You know, that thing is starting to catch on. Microsoft, Apple, With who? Google, Boom. And Amazon. I had a hat. Yeah. All right, well, listen, I mean, you know, listen, Microsoft was one of those big mega cap tech names that actually sold off a little bit out of, after earnings. I mean, I think it trades really well here. It's been between 95 and 115 to the upside over the last three and a half months or so. Um, and it's kind of found a home here. So to me, that one seems like um, it's pretty defensible, especially if we start to see a reverse in global growth. Yeah. Netflix quickly. A couple weeks ago, I thought it would go down to 300 before 350. I was wrong on that front, but you know what? Netflix seems to continue to fail here at this 350 level. I think it's headed lower. Final trade time. Let's go around the horn. Timmy. Yeah, earnings next week. Cisco is obviously a big name for the tech sector. I think their exposure in security and cybersecurity is a strength. I'm long the name. Speakers. Uh, you know, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Trigger warning for Dan. You buy gold if you don't like it. There's a whole half hour coming up on Iron Condors. Knock yourself out. <laughs> He's great so triggered. He's really triggered. He's triggered. Yeah, we do the Condors. We do the puts. We do the calls. Uh, a couple listen, of trees thrown in there. Because we're going to talk banks. I actually think the uh, underperformance over the last year is kind of telling I'm a seller of the banks. Okay. I was just looking at my DMs, that's direct messages on the Twitter, and Ye just came and said he's, sure. more, and he's more than happy you, to appear on the show. Can you give me your final trade? His, and I'll say this, I'm in the BK camp. GDX, that is breaking out, sucker. That does it for us. See you back here Monday at 5 for more Fast. Do not move. Options Action starts right after this break. <laughs> CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.